You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Doolittle. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, Are you Dr. Doolittle? We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Everyone pack your bags! <laughs> I'm unavailable. You can talk to animals. Yes. story is as follows. Seven years after his wife's death, the eccentric John Doolittle, famed doctor and veterinarian in Victorian England, becomes a hermit, hiding himself away behind the walls of Doolittle Manor with only his animal friends for company. But when Queen Victoria falls gravely ill, a reluctant Doolittle is forced to set sail on an epic adventure to a mythical island in search of a cure, regaining his wit and courage as he crosses old adversaries and encounters wondrous creatures. The film is starring Robert Downey Jr., Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen, Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Cena, Kumail Nanjiani, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Craig Robinson, Ray Fiennes, Selena Gomez, and Marion Cotillard. It is written and directed by Stephen Gagan, co-written by Dan Gregor, Doug Mand, and Chris McKay. Join me for this podcast review. I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Dan Bear. Oh, boy. And Danilo Castro. Let's uh, let's get into this thing. Yes, let's get to do it. Um, I, I was actually, like, contemplating if I should do, like, the Robert Downey Jr., like, impression, like, this entire podcast review, but I don't think that's going to work because, quite honestly, five seconds of hearing that and I was already, like, I never want to hear this, I was gonna say. whatever the fuck this is, ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even work in the movie. And, you know, one of the things, too, right off the bat, I'm going to just start off by saying that I don't know what was up with the sound mixing or what it was, but I found so much of his dialogue unintelligible. I could not make out half of what he was saying most of the time. Did anybody else feel this way? Yeah. 
The accident. Uh, it's it's like it's so weird too because he only has like one range that he speaks in the entire time. Yeah, and it's like this hushed whisper with very very little like inflection, and and it's like, dude, I, I need you to enunciate something. <laughs> it, it, I I kind of like the accent. Actually, it was like kind of endearing, and it if. He had brought any of his Robert Downey Jr. esque charm to it. I think it would have worked, but instead, it's like you a Captain Jack Sparrow, but it's a like G rated movie, so he can't even have any hint of alcohol. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, this is a family kid based film. Uh, you kind of get that sense right away as soon as we jump to uh, live action in this movie. The beginning is actually like the prologue, the animation, which. If I'm going to give any kind of a sweet spot to this movie, um, that would probably be it. That was like the only section of the movie where I felt like I was actively enjoying myself. Um, Oh, no, I take that back. There's one of our sequence we'll get into in just a little bit, actually. But other than those two, this movie was... Okay, hold on. Let me take a step back. I want to to first apologize. (laughs) I want to first apologize to everyone who told me I was very, very harsh last week on Underwater. You guys were absolutely right. Thank you. Because <laughs> that movie looks like The Godfather compared to what I experienced with Doolittle. And even something like Cats, which, believe me, I thought was awful. That movie looked like mm-hmm. Citizen Kane compared to Doolittle to me. <laughs> I would watch Cats a hundred times over than rather than sit through Doolittle one more time. In fact, I'm going to just... I feel bad for every single house cat, house dog, <laughs> guinea pig, hamster, parrot, you name it. Any animal that has to sit through and watch this because it's streaming or on television one day, I am sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> this is an embarrassing movie for pretty much everybody involved. I mean, like, at least Cats had the courage of its bizarre convictions. Yeah. There was something uh, kind of weird about that. This movie is just plain awful. God. All right. Let's uh, let's get a little bit more focused here. Uh, Josh, I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, what did you think of Doolittle? My, Jesus Christ, do I even have to ask? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think you have really just sort of summed it up right then and there, Matt. Uh, this movie's not good. And what's really sort of notable about it is when it's not just like really boring and bland, it's so unfocused and it has like no momentum in it. It feels like this story doesn't have any of the actual whimsy that the tone of the movie really wants to go for. And because of that, it just feels like really languid and it doesn't have any life to it. And just there's so many moments where it just really drags and nothing interesting is happening. Robert Downey Jr., I I don't know. I literally don't know what he's doing. Like I I am just at a loss uh, in terms of his performance. And the effects work are some of the worst that I've ever seen in a movie, particularly with this budget. And it's yeah, it's really, really terrible. I gotta echo with with Downey in this because I, I here's the thing, I get what he was trying to do, right? You know, Captain Jack Sparrow eccentric type of uh, performance, right? I get it. But there's something <sighs> I really, really wish somebody would have just told him, you know, 
Downey, I can't understand anything that you're fucking saying. <laughs> you know, like there's no charm to the performance. That's what it is. It's like there's this idea of wanting to make Doolittle this eccentric character, and that could work, but you then need to put yeah. in the effort to make that character endearing. And it really just feels like when you're watching him, he just showed up and did that accent and then walked away and cashed the check. Like it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like there's any real soul to that character. And yeah. it feels like, you know, the animal performances, uh, the vocal performances from the actors that are VCGI creatures, it seems like they're the ones that have to do, like, the heavy lifting then to kind of raise this movie up. And most of them don't even bother to do that. Yeah. I, I, I can't even let – me, let me just take a quick look here. I, you know, I love Kumail Nanjiani's voice work. I, I, I particularly did like him as the ostrich. Yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah. I liked Emma Thompson. Him and Emma Thompson – yeah. Yeah. And, and oh, you know what, too? This was the other sequence in the movie, other than the animated prologue that I really, really liked. I loved Ray Fiennes as this tiger. Yeah. Uh, that whole sequence where the tiger's trying to eat Doolittle, and I, there's other stuff going on. Quite honestly, I can't really explain to you what it was because it involved Downey speaking, and I, like I said, I can't understand what he's saying half the time, so I'm not sure. I mean, I will admit that the one time that the movie did, like, actually produce, like, a chuckle out of me was when uh, Doolittle is using the light to distract the tiger. Yes. That did yes. actually get a chuckle out of me. I, I will admit that. I will admit, too. That was great. And part of that is because of Ray Fiennes. Yes. Oh, it's all because of Ray Fiennes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, you look at how stacked this cast is in terms of uh, the vocal performers that are involved, and it's like, I, I-, I couldn't even tell you who was who half the time. I It did. Uh, For me, at least, I, it got I, to a point where I was just entertaining myself by trying to guess who was who. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't get everybody, but there were a couple. I spent a good amount of time just trying to figure out who that was because there's nothing else. It's just it's lifeless. I, I literally, we got to the end of the movie and they're showing, you know, the names of the actors paired next to their characters. And I was like, Selena Gomez and Marion <laughs> Cotillard? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was well, the same way. All, who would think of pairing those two together? <laughs> and second of all, like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, you know who I really did like? I mean, his, uh, his character... Like, the attitudes of this character are not at all in keeping with the time period or anything like that at all. But Craig Robinson as this Craig, squirrel yes. with a vendetta against um, this this kid that's with uh, Doolittle, like his, like, apprentice or whatever. I, I did get a couple of chuckles sometimes out of uh, Craig Robinson's line deliveries. I thought, I thought those yeah. were rather humorous at times. Well, he had a vendetta, and then the screenplay kind of forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, basically, it, it didn't do any. It didn't forget about it. It just didn't do anything with it. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of um, discombobulated ed- editing in this movie too. You know, we talked before about momentum, and it never does feel like this movie is propelling forward. In fact, it feels like um, scenes cut from one to another incoherently sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it makes me believe that there was a lot of stuff that was uh, left on the uh, cutting room floor. As a result, mm-hmm. and not only that too, but uh, guys, okay. So the vocal performances, like we just touched on those really quick, right? Um, God, <sighs> I gotta just remind myself that I love these people. Um, every like human live action performance in this movie, 
I, 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 oh man. <laughs> all, all I'm, all I'm saying is, uh, this was a movie where I walked away saying, yeah, Razzies are definitely well deserved. Mm-hmm. Like, po- like Michael Sheen, I love you. Oh man, but <laughs> he was going I, for it. <laughs> I love that he was like, you know what, this is a flatly written one note character. <laughs> I am going to lean all the damn way in. And he is just playing a mustache twirling villain of the highest order. And he's clearly. And then the movie just dispatches with him in a completely half-assed way. And I'm like, like the movie does not understand its own strength at all. Prince are Michael Sheen and Antonio Banderas, who are each in it for like maybe five or ten minutes each and just unceremoniously dumped by the wayside. Yeah, like to me, I actually would have liked them to have leaned in more to wild over the top categories like that would have made them have even more of an impression because I have to say, actually, like I think they do the best with what they're given, but especially Antonio Banderas, he just really sleepwalks through this role and you know there's so much opportunity to make those characters really big and flamboyant and they just don't really go for it this is just like the kind of movie that i i genuinely like this is like when i when i do feel bad for actors when they have to go on like press and be like oh so can you talk about your character with us yeah um <laughs> sure i guess i i i, I was on set I said some lines. I stood on my marker. Uh, yeah, but your character. Can you tell us about your character? Yeah. Um, you know, I wore this costume. Um, you know, it's like, I just like, I don't know what they say. You know? It's very cookie cutter. It's very predictable. Yeah. Like you said, the minute Michael Sheen walks on screen, it's like, okay, well, that's the villain. And you, you want to excuse a little bit of yeah. it because, of course, it's a kid's movie. It's not meant to be that complicated, but there's ways to be inventive and creative with content aimed for children. And then there's ways mm-hmm. to just give up and pander and be completely lazy. And that is the route that nearly everybody took with this film. I'll give you an example of two very good family-friendly uh, kid films that I saw last year that were really well done. The Kid Who Would Be King and Shazam. Mm-hmm. Yes. Both of those took family-friendly, um, you know, uh, ki- like kid-based stories, and they were actually well done. You know, performances were in that um, in that genre, but they totally fit. And there was also a cohesiveness to storytelling. This movie, it just mm-hmm. feels so all over the place. And I think part of it probably has to do with a lot of logistics in regards to its budget, in regards to the visual effects work. It's very, very easy uh, for me to see how someone like, you know, Stephen Gagan, who's never, ever done a film like this before, how, you know, he was given the ball and uh, he he fumbled it a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just love when they're like, we are going to do another of Doolittle, a family-friendly, you know, joyful, fun romp of a film. And who who should do it? Oh, I know the guy who wrote and directed Syriana and who wrote Traffic. <laughs> Traffic. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I will say this: it, it definitely piqued my interest at first. Who makes that call? I, <laughs> uh, you know, 
there were so many moments in this movie. I, I have I have so many like specific notes written down here um, of like certain lines that were said and just gags and this didn't work, that didn't work. But I, I kind of just had a certain point to stop taking notes because say. it's just so much easier for me to say this whole movie does not work. Yep. I like I said when when, I, when when Josh and I are and I don't know if you two feel the same way, but when Josh and I are saying like the best scene in this movie is Ray finds as a tiger chasing a light on the ground as a little kitty, but yet he's this ferocious big tiger and it's like cute and funny for a brief second. That's like the best part of the movie. And it's funny because of circumstance. It's not right. funny because the film makes yeah. it funny. No, I'll tell you everything that's very unfunny about this movie. Okay. Everything else. Do not waste Jesse Buckley's talent. <laughs> oh God! Do when not. She up, it's like, I oh my God! Even... Uh. <laughs> Jesse Buckley, and the in her last scene, I'm like, I know this person looks familiar, but who is it? And when it showed in the credits that it was Jesse Buckley, I'm like, oh no! <laughs> like this is your first project. I mean, not first, but like this is what you do after Wild Rose, like. Oh, and Judy. No, honey. Well, yeah, and Judy. And, I was and like, also, too, you know, in this regard, I want to just say I I think Doolittle was probably shot before either one of those two, if I had to take a wild guess. I don't okay. even know. I don't think it matters. I, it, it's funny <laughs> for y'all, like, talking about, you know, like, like I, you know, it's in that at some points I stopped because, <laughs> let me tell you, I... I very nearly fell asleep during this movie. Oh, same here, Dan. I can't believe like, it. I was just sitting there, you know, in the... <laughs> of course, it was like in, you know, one of the theaters with recliners, and I didn't recline all the way back because I never do, and I can't see the screen from that angle, but, like, I was that sitting there... beneficial. It might have been beneficial. Then I would have at least had a nap for an hour. <laughs> but, like, I was really just, like, sitting there, and I... In like like you said in the beginning, animated sequence I was like, okay, it's like this is nice, I get where we're going. And then the second Robert Downey Jr. came on screen and started talking, I was like, oh. And then like the eyes just started to glaze over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after another like 15, 20 minutes, I was just like, I realized, oh, I can't keep my eyes open. For as much as a slog of a movie as this is, I am very, very, very grateful that it's only 102 minutes long. Yeah. Could you imagine if this was like, I don't know, 134 minutes long? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was as long as the 60s version, which I have to say, like, I I am totally outing myself in a very bad way here. But like, I liked the 60s version with Rex Harrison a lot when I was a kid. I liked uh, Eddie Murphy with, you know, from the yeah, 90s. Eddie like it's fun and if this was as long as either of those like oh my god <laughs> i don't want to think about it you know could you imagine because it's so clear to me i think that at times they want this to be something like pirates of the caribbean almost mm-hmm. could you imagine if this was like a two and a half hour oh, god. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, there were there we, were two separate points where i had to just literally get it from the theater and go outside and just kind of walk around for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah there there's a point where i forget what the circumstances are but there's like ants talking and yes. one of them directly oh quotes the godfather God. and i was like okay hold on 
Oh my god, yeah. Oh, oh wow. I forgot about my, that. My mouth, my jaw <laughs> so, dropped. You come to me on the day of my daughter's yeah, wedding. My daughter's oh. wedding. It's just <laughs> soul crushing. I'm like, Zootopia did it better, okay? <laughs> Literally a dozen other movies did it better. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other one, Dan- Danilo? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh my god, I don't remember. It's, it, 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 pick a Pick a scene. Any time when the <laughs> polar bear voice by John Cena called someone bruh. Ugh. Ugh. How about the scene, uh, Daniela, where Robert Downey Jr. Uh, penetrates the stomach oh, of a dragon? God. And the dragon <laughs> proceeds to uh, fart yep. all over Robert Downey Jr. That was not where I thought this movie was headed. Let, I got to tell you, during <laughs> that scene... I was sitting there just being very confused the whole time. Like I just couldn't process it. And then when it was finally over with, it's like my brain finally got all the information, mm-hmm. but still couldn't like recognize exactly what I had just seen. And I just started laughing. And I was the only <laughs> one in the theater to do it. But there was I just had no other response than just to break down and laugh that this was the climax of the movie. It's not even like a side gag. It's the thing that the end of the movie revolves around and it's bizarre (laughs) and it's bizarre because like you know it's a kid's movie it's a family movie and i'm sure it's very easy to think like you know oh it's gonna be you know we're doing this cute thing he's gonna fart fart out you know all the soldiers that they've eaten and then you actually think about it for two seconds and you're like that is really freaking morbid. Not only that, too, but I'm sorry. All that armor uh, would have been uh, digested by the acids in that stomach. Uh, right. For sure. I just like there, there is there. Uh, there is suspension of disbelief. And then there's this <laughs> just beggars belief. It, it was almost they were just like, let's see if we can get away with it at this point. Like, it's just it, <laughs> it felt so audacious and so baffling. And it's a tone of humor that the movie doesn't really indulge no. in that much up oh, until yeah. that point. So it, it makes it feel even more bizarre that that's where they wanted to go with it. I, I my, my my favorite bit, actually, I always laugh when movies do this. I don't know why movies do this. But whenever there's a scene where somebody says, guards, seize him. And all the guards do is they just grab their arms. And the person that they're grabbing literally does not put up, like, a, a fight whatsoever. It's like as soon as they gra- their arms are grabbed, they're like, oh, that's it. I guess I'm captured. <laughs> Nothing I can do. You know? And that's what happens at the end of this movie, too. Somebody gets seized by guards. And the minute the guards grab him, it's like, oh, okay, I guess they got him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like little things like that. I just I'm like watching this and just complete bewilderment that there isn't like an ounce of creativity uh, with this movie. There's that. And then I forgot who mentioned it earlier, but the editing, there's just certain yeah. scenes just end with just dead space. Yes. Hundred percent cuts, oh and it's god. just like, oh, God, we have to dwell on how unfunny that was. Yeah. And then it cuts the rhythm to the next scene. Of it. The rhythm of everything in this movie is just off. Yeah. Like there I cannot tell you how many jokes or like lines that should be funny at least to little kids, and they're just blown right through. The actors just breeze right past. I can tell you this right now. I saw this with a sold out crowd in New York. Mixture Ooh. of different types of people. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> there were some families, there were some 
uh, older people, maybe um, some misguided people who just saw Robert Downey Jr. was on the marquee. I don't know. <laughs> this audience did not react to anything at all. Like, I mean, nothing. Dead silent. And then when the movie was over, just everybody got up so, so fast. It was it was pretty, pretty bad. I There were a lot of kids in uh, the audience that I saw it with. It was probably about like half full the theater that I was in, but there was like two families, I think, in the theater that when the end came politely applauded. But <laughs> I swear to you, like I heard the parents mutter under their breath, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Also, too, did you guys know that Danny Elfman did the score for this? Well, when it was going, I thought it sounded like surprising. a Danny Elfman score. Yeah. yeah, the music very sounded much like Danny Elfman to me. And it actually made me think, like, if this was maybe five or ten years ago, this would have been a Tim Burton movie starring Johnny Depp. Oh, and it would have been yes. so much better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. No, I, I think that the wild, eccentric sensibilities of Tim Burton would have added something to this. And I think that if Burton had worked with Robert Downey Jr., that would have been an interesting pairing. More so, I think, than working with Johnny Depp. I mean, I granted that I think that at least the visual language of the movie would have been more interesting. I think that I don't think you can really help that script at all. I, I think that's the most deadly thing about it. But, yeah. you know, this whole movie just doesn't have a sense, as we've talked about, a sense of momentum to it. And I think especially for kids, that's where it, you get the real problem because it's like, OK, you don't want to be that complicated of a story because you're aiming it for kids. Fine. But at least make your story move, like keep things going and keep things animated. Yeah. And this movie doesn't I, do that. Yeah. And this is the thing for me. I'm like, I am almost falling asleep in a kid's movie whose sole ex reason for existence is to be fun and fast and entertaining and energetic. Like if I'm falling asleep during that kind of movie, there is something wrong with your movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to pass it off to final thoughts. Great out of 10 Oscar potential. Uh, Danilo, do you have any final thoughts on Doolittle? Um, it would, it would just turn into me listing off moments that were, particularly awful i do want to um a particular sequence i'm not going to do multiple but i'll just do one that was just truly astoundingly bad was when the apprentice attempts to i don't even know what he does but he does lots of contraption this and that to get on Doolittle ship and oh, oh yeah. my god him flying through the air it looked like the polar express oh yeah it absolutely good. goodness no the visual effects of that moment were definitely not – no. I mean the visual effects of this entire movie are pretty abysmal. Yes. Uh, Truly bad. It really just felt like everybody – like I said, it, I think Danny Elfman's like a great example of this. And this can be correlated with the visual effects, with Downey, everything else. Like you have all of these resources at your disposal. And it just feels like based on that script, nobody decided to show up. Like yeah. they're there – but they just decided to put in like the bare minimum effort into everything it was that they were doing. It's it's, uh, it's capable people with no conviction. Right. And that's one of the hardest things to sit through. Absolutely. Dan Bear? <sighs> I have a strange affection for the 60s version of this movie, even though it's pretty objectively terrible. I loved the Dr. Doolittle books when I was a kid. I liked the Eddie Murphy version of this movie. 
of this story, rather. Um, this is... It's just unspeakably awful. I, I went in, you know, I saw it yesterday, Friday. Um, so after all the initial reviews had come out and said it's, you know, an unspeakable horror of movies. And I walked in with expectations so low you could walk over them and the movie still tripped. <laughs> and, like, I I don't know any other, like, it, no one involved in this movie was interested. And I there's something to be said for something, a movie like Knives Out, when it is clear that all of the cast is having a fun time making this movie, and they bring you right along with them. Right. And this is, like, the opposite of that. Agreed. In every way. No one in this movie is interested in making it. And because of that, there's no opportunity to have any fun or interest in watching. Could you it. imagine if Antonio Banderas was like the front runner for best actor right now and this was like his Norbert? <laughs> oh my god. But the thing is, like, he's so much fun in this movie. I, I actually felt like of, of all the people, I, I still was embarrassed for him regardless, but I still I do feel that of all the yeah. uh, live action performances, his was the one I probably did enjoy the most at least. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. Although there is something about like when Banderas mentions how uh, he's mad at Doolittle because uh, he was married to his daughter and his daughter died and he blames him. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, Antonio Banderas is like five years older than Robert Downey Jr. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> like. How old is Dr. Doolittle supposed to be? Or like, Antonio just... Banderas had his daughter out of wedlock, age 16. <laughs> like he said that, it's like, wait a minute. What, how old do they think these characters are supposed to be? <laughs> Let's imagine there's like a 20-year difference between Doolittle and uh, his wife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Josh, what about you? Uh, I mean, this movie is really, really, really bad. Um I will say that there are a couple moments where it's not so terrible. I will admit that it did get me to chuckle a handful of times. And while I think most of the action sequences aren't that well done, they're, I get what they're going for. There's a particular sequence when they're like trying to hook a whale up to a ship to go faster that it's not the most thrilling thing. But I guess compared to the rest of the stuff in this movie, it is the closest thing that gets me invested in terms of an action sequence. So man, you are really being generous right now. Well, <laughs> look, man, I, I try to be optimistic with movies and I try to find the good whenever I can. Oh, I do too. I, I do believe me. But then there are some times where I just feel like I'm being fucked by a movie and I just want to fuck back. And I, and I get that. I certainly do. Like the movie's not good. I'm not saying that it's good, but I am recognizing that there are times when I didn't, outright hate it <laughs> that's the kindest thing i can say there are individual <laughs> moments that you're like okay this is this is not bad <laughs> i would love to see that on the on the blu-ray there were times where i didn't outright hate it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic um i what's my final thought on this what is my final thought it's january i said this last week it's january uh this is to be expected I made a serious miscalculation uh, choosing to review this in advance uh, instead of Bad Boys for Life, which 
I also went in with very, very extremely low expectations for, and that movie surprised me in a way that I don't know if I will be that surprised with any other movie this year. Um, this movie, I went in with extremely low expectations uh, because I wasn't at that first initial screening. Um, I was flying back from Los Angeles when it was taking place. So I knew the reviews had dropped. I knew that this movie was pretty bad based on that. But like you, Josh, I was hoping to at least go in and find an element or two that I would be able to be like, all right, you know what? It was bad, but at least it had this. And that's how I kind of feel about like with Cats a little bit. Where Cats was pretty awful, but there was something about the overall experience of it that I still found very unique and enjoyable because of how bad it was. It was like like, like movies like Serenity in the Room, where they're just <laughs> so bad that you're actually having a good time and how bad it is. This movie, I, I, I came home and my roommate was like, you look sick. And I was like, no, I, I actually am sick, like physically in real life. Yes. But <laughs> I was like, let me tell you something. I think I know what torture feels like because I just sat through this movie, <laughs> you know? I, I think another thing that might have helped me is that the first like 10 minutes of this movie are excruciating. And once like they get out of the home, like the zoo that Doolittle's at, it gets a little bit better. And maybe that also helped me a little bit because the beginning of this movie was just agonizing to me. And maybe because it didn't continue to be quite that bad, I was a little kinder to it. <laughs> the Antonio Bandera sequence, when they go to that city, that, that to me is the best sequence in the movie. I mean, that's where you get the Ray Fiennes uh, tiger. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like that section the most, I would say. Um, I was going to say maybe the dragon bit, but only because of just how that that is where the movie does enter the campy like oh my god this is so bad i'm actually enjoying myself territory but everything else outside of those two sequences for me it was just like no this is like so hard to sit through um i legitimately also like like you said uh dan i i almost fell asleep watching this movie um on i think like two occasions almost i I almost took my phone out to take to Twitter. I, I was close. I didn't do it. I don't I don't approve of that sort of thing, but I was close. And with all that said, I have no choice but to give this movie my lowest rating possible of a one out of ten. I don't like I this movie to me, there's a movie that was released last year called um uh, Mope, which did not get a theatrical release. I saw it at Sundance. It was by far the worst movie I saw last year. But the next uh, most terrible movie I saw last year was The Upside with Brian Cranston and uh, Kevin Hart. Oh, God, yeah. I Hold on, hold on. I, I would rank Doolittle below The Upside. That's how much I just... I, 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 I can't even believe like I'm verbally expressing this right now. That's how much I did not enjoy myself while watching this movie at all. It was definitely an experience of 2020 that I will never forget. And it will probably be the gold standard for moving forward for any other piss poor movie I see throughout the rest of the year. Like, is it worse or is it better than Doolittle? And trust me when I tell you, I believe 98% of the movies I see this year will probably be better than this. So, rant over. Dear God. Dan Bear, what about you? Uh, I just, I can't. Um, is zero an option? No. 
okay. because and I want to I want to I want to be very clear about this sort of thing. Uh, the reason why we don't do zero out of ten is because, like Josh said, um, I do. Even though it's, it may not seem like it sometimes, <clears throat> even though it may not seem like it sometimes, and this is definitely one of those times, uh, we do try to find some some form of merit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's why. So I'm gonna give it a two instead of a one because like okay. there there are there were little moments that I didn't hate it, and that I actually found you know it, you know I chuckled. It got some chuckles out of me, so it deserves a little credit for that, but. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tadila, what about you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a one. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like the opening animation. That's half a point. And then the two or three <laughs> other times I, I unintentionally... I caught myself laughing at something either just out of incredi- incredulousness or just how dumb the joke was. And I'll give that another half point and I'll call it a day. Josh, what about you? Well, okay. I'm, I'm going to say this, but I want you to know that the movie is still bad, but I think <laughs> I'm actually going to give it a three out of 10, which I know sounds like it's, you know, a rave <laughs> considering what you're saying about this review. <laughs> and, and I think it's because I, at the end of the day, like, I recognize that it's a really bad movie, but it didn't really hit me in a way of like, oh, my God, why does this exist? Which is where the yeah, two out sure. of ten and one out of ten areas are for me. It, this, it's just bad. Like, I mostly found it to be bland and forgettable, and I will quickly, like, erase it from my mind, you know, within a week. It won't even have any headspace for me. And that's why I say, like, a three out of ten. It's Still not a good movie, but it isn't atrociously bad. One of the worst films ever made to me. And if that's a saving grace for it, so be it. You know, like when Robert Downey Jr., uh, they have these brief moments in the movie where he's not speaking English to the animals, but he is speaking like actual animal language to them. I just was thinking to myself, man, this will never make it in a Robert Downey Jr. highlight reel, like ever. I I, I, I have to say that was – the one thing that I really did like about it was how it went from him speaking in the animal language to how it transitioned from that into him and the animals speaking English to each other. Like, Which I, I was very thankful was... for because, like I said, hearing Downey going like whoa, whoa, ha, 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 was just something that I was like, yeah, we need to cut away from that like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I remember thinking to myself, oh, you never know. This could be like a visual effects contender at the end of the year or something like that. On the short list, maybe, you know, um, it had that big budget and such. Talking animals, life of pie, yada, yada, yada. Um, no. Across the board. No. 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 <laughs> nothing. It's, it's really shocking how bad the visual effects are in this movie. Mm-hmm. You'd think that if nothing else, at least maybe that would be impressive. But even the effects are like they look half done and unfinished. The effects so people bad. Know. So bad. The effects people knew. <laughs> I, they knew. The, they knew it's up. one of the things that, like, I don't understand how, like, how did the talking animal visual effects peep peak with Babe? <laughs> like, there has not been a movie that has done talking animals better since Babe. And I'm like, they tout all this CGI and amazing visual effects, you know, that we're able to do now, and none of them are as good as a movie that came out in 1996 or 1995. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Josh Parham, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at J.R. Parham. Dan Bear? You can find me on the Twitter at Dance and Dan on film. Danilo Castro? You can find me on Twitter at Danilo S. Castro. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. <laughs> that was actually not that I can't, bad. I, can't even, I don't even know. Like, honestly, I don't even know what that accent is. It's like I a drunken Sean Connery. Yeah, I think it's well, supposed to be Welsh, but Welsh. I think it is too. It's so ridiculous. I, I, I don't even want to try to master it for whatever reason. I, like I, because that would require me to have to rewatch portions of this movie. But <laughs> I don't it think is Robert Downey Jr. did either. <laughs> it is one of the more bizarre vocal vocal performances I've heard from an actor in quite some time. It's just so weird. Anyway, um. Sorry, I got sidetracked. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. You've been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and don't forget to write us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback there, as well as your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.